I'm looking for a miracle. Spec the impossible. Feel the intangible. See the invincible. I'm looking for a miracle. Expect the impossible. Feel the intangible. See the invincible. The sky is the limit. What I can have. The sky is the limit. What I can have. Oh. The sky is the limit. What I can have. I can have. Just believe and receive it. God will perform it. Today, God says today, oh today, just believe and receive it, God will perform it today. Now, Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share. For the next few moments, we pray that you would send your anointing that will cause preachment to be effective tonight. Father, we pray that you would forgive us tonight. If there's anything that stands between us and you, we pray that you would forgive us for it tonight. It's our prayer tonight that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart will be acceptable in your sight. You are strength and our redeemer. For this we thank you. And it is in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Thank God. And amen. Uh, the book of 1 Corinthians, let's go to chapter number 2. I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let us all stand for the reading of God's word tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Amen. Let's begin our reading at verse number 3. Everybody got the word? Say, I got the word. Amen. You need a Bible? We got some Bibles in the back. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we're going to begin reading at verse number 3 and go down to verse number 9. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom 
which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Look at your neighbor and tell him it's for our glory. Which none of the rulers of this age or this world knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor e heard, nor have it entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Look at your neighbor and tell him, say, neighbor, neighbor. you haven't seen the best of me until you've seen the rest of me. I want to talk tonight from that subject for a few moments. You haven't seen the best of me until you've seen the rest of me. My friends, tonight we find ourselves dealing in the book of 1 Corinthians. The book of 1 Corinthians is Paul's first epistle to the church of Corinth. When we follow the timeline of the scriptures, we'll find that uh, the church had undergone the crucifixion and the burial, the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus the Christ. Uh, they had met him in the upper room. They had went from becoming disciples to becoming apostles, uh, which denotes that they had gone through a process of growth. Uh, God intends for everything connected to him to grow in due time and in due season. I think, Carnegie, the mistake that the church makes, yes, uh, God wants us to go somewhere, but we forget that everything comes with a process. Yeah. Nothing happens overnight. Yeah. And so sometimes uh, I find the saints become discouraged uh, by the process. When things don't happen when we want them to happen or when things don't happen out uh, as quick as we think they should happen, we allow the process to discourage us. But I've come to tell some of you in here tonight who are in process to your miracle, who are in process to your breakthrough, who, you, who are in process to your deliverance, don't be discouraged, but keep on keeping on. And so here we find that uh, the disciples, they had gone through the process of growth. They had completed the process of maturation. Uh, they have now matured to the place where they had become apostles or they have become governors or leaders of the church of God. Apostle. Apostle comes from the, uh, uh, the, the root word apollos which means to establish or to dig out or to plant. And so it has now become the responsibility of these disciples, the ones who had a direct relationship with Jesus to take everything that they've learned and to put it to use. My friends, I've come to 
preserve to you tonight. Don't you allow uh, what you've learned in the experience uh, of your relationship with Jesus to just sit on a shelf and collect dust. But you've got to allow the lessons of your experience uh, to work for you. Uh, the problem with some, some of us, the reason why we're stuck where we are is because we don't take the lesson out of what we go through and put it to use. You heard me say it before. God will start a thing. God will finish a thing. But we've got to work the middle. How do you work the middle? You take the lessons out of what you've gone through and you apply them to your life and you work the middle of where you are. And so here, Dick and James, just turn me back up a little bit, please. And so here we find that uh, the apostles are now taking the life lessons that they've learned while walking with Jesus and they apply them to their lives. Here it's in the book of Corinthians that the apostle Paul, we all are familiar with the life of the apostle Paul. I kind of like to preach about Paul because many of us can identify with Paul because we were just like him. He went from being a persecutor of Christ to being one of the greatest witnesses for Christ. It was Paul who met Jesus or who met God or uh, according to the scriptures who met a, an angel or God in the form of an angel on the road to Damascus. It was when he came across the angel that God knocked him off of his beast and he uh, sent him through a metamorphosis process. Is there anybody in here tonight that's glad about change? Anybody glad that he didn't leave you the same way he found you? Uh, uh, some of us were just like Paul. While we were on our way to do our mess, he met us. While we were in route to do, you know, what we thought we were big enough and bad enough to do, he met us. And so he meets Paul on Damascus Road and he gives Paul a life altering, a life changing experience. I don't know about you, but if he never does anything else for me, the fact that he saved me is enough for me to give God praise. Uh, let me let me talk about myself. I was towed up from the flow up. I was a mess from the neck up. I was on my way to hell and I was glad about it. But thank God that he saw fit enough to give us a life as a ransom for me. And today I can testify that life now is sweet and my joy is complete. Look at your name and tell them thank God I'm saved. I don't have an S550. I didn't roll up in a Jaguar. I didn't roll up in an infinity. But I'm clothed in salvation. Thank God I'm saved. And so here now we see that Paul goes through a life changing experience. He goes through a metamorphosis if I may. God changes the life of Paul. He changes the talk of Paul. He changes the walk of Paul. Uh, let me share something with you. Anytime that God changes you, anytime God really delivers you, there is no residue as to where you have been or as to what you've done. I've got a problem with these people who talk about they've been delivered, but I can look at you and still tell what you used to struggle with. Anytime God changes you, he changes you totally. Anytime God changes you, he does it holistically. God is not in the business of half doing a job. But when God does something, he does it all the way through. And so here now, Paul, the man of God who had been transformed on the road of Damascus, he had now been committed 
commissioned by God. The Bible says that Jesus chooses him to be a disciple. It's the same Paul who throughout the text that walked with Jesus. It's the same Paul that Jesus used in the book of Acts when they were going to the temple for prayer. And they saw the man at the gate of beautiful begging for alms. It was the same Paul that God used to speak to him along with Peter and bring life back to his dead limbs. Paul, it was the same Paul that God used, yes, even in the midst of, uh, of crucifixion, the same Paul that stood by Jesus, the same Paul, Paul the fisherman, same, uh, the, the, the fisher of men, Paul the one uh, whom God used mightily. And I've come to tell you today, I don't care what your past is, uh, I don't care what you've done, I don't care where you've been, it does not disqualify you from being whom God has called you to be. Uh, something I found out about God, God doesn't call those who are qualified, but he qualifies those who are called. Uh, don't you ever in your life allow people to disqualify you from being used by God uh, because of what you've done or because of where you've been. Uh, I thank God that he knows how to throw our sins into the sea of forgetfulness and remember them no more. Uh, it's only the saints that like to go deep sea scuba diving uh, and remind you of what you used to do. Uh, who like to talk about where you used to go. Tell me something I don't know. I know what I used to do. I know where I used to go. But thank God things I used to do. Come on here somebody. I don't do no more. In places I used to go, I don't go no more. And so here Paul uh, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. Uh, through the will of God, here Paul, uh, he pins this letter to the church of Corinth. Uh, it is here at the church of Corinth uh, that Look at your neighbor, tell him, neighbor, I thank God for 
Jesus. It is here in the book of 1 Corinthians that Paul begins to speak to these baby Christians. He begins to speak to these new converts concerning their understanding of the risen Christ. He says to them, yes, you are a learned generation. Yes, you've got all types of theological attributes. And yes, you you studied the word. And yes, you take the time to look at the history of Christ. But what you have to, what you have failed to realize is that even though you have studied him, and even though you tried to figure him out, you can never figure him out. Uh, what they were doing is they were going on what they read. And they were not going on their own personal experiences. And this is where the church of today is. We're so busy reading until we stop living. And I've come to tell you today that sometimes you've got to stop reading it and you've got to start living it. Ah, the Bible says the letter killeth, but it's the spirit that maketh alive. And many of us in here tonight, we're engaged in the letter, but we have no spirit. And I've come to tell you tonight, without the spirit, there's no worth to the letter. Ah, the Bible says it's the spirit that maketh the letter alive. And he speaks to them. He says, you've been on the wisdom of your fathers. You've been operating on the knowledge of those who've gone before you. But it's not all in what you learn in a textbook. He says to them, it's not all in what your forefathers have taught you. It's not all in what you think you know about him. Because he speaks in Isaiah, the 55th chapter. And he reminds us, he says, my your thoughts. He says, for as far as the heavens are from the earth, so are my thoughts from you. And no matter how you try to figure me out, you'll never be able to try to figure me out. Just last night, I was sitting back corner here. I was standing in the living room by the fireplace. I had my arm on the mantle. They said, Henderson, you all right? You look a little but I was saying to myself, I said, God, why do you allow certain things to happen the way that they happen? Trying to figure out the mindset of God. Trying to figure out why God does things the way he does things. It took me about an hour, Tommy, to realize I was busting my brain trying to figure out why God does what he does. But and I said, wait a minute, God is a sovereign God. He does what he wants to do. He does what he wants to do. He does how he wants to do. And so instead of questioning God, I said, Lord, I accept what you allow. And you've got to understand, FDCC, in this season, there are some things that may be questionable. 
trying to speak the wisdom of God, but the wisdom of God is a mystery. In other words, you'll never be able to understand the wisdom of God. You ain't that smart. You ain't that intelligent. I don't care how many degrees you have. I don't care where you matriculated. I don't care what your educational pedigree. You can never ever stand on the same level as God. He says to them, the wisdom of God is a mystery. It's a hidden wisdom which God has ordained before the ages of time. Everything you go through, God has ordained it. Everything you've been faced to experience, God has ordained it. He says to them, He says to them, if they would have known the wisdom of God, they would have never crucified Him because they would have realized that everything He went through, it was all in His plan. If they understood the planning of God, they would have never crucified Him because they would have understood that He didn't come to stay, but He came to die. If they really understood the wisdom of God, then they would have understood that he stood up on his throne of glory. He wrapped himself in flesh. He traveled 42 generations. He was born of a virgin Mary. He put on immortality. He suffered. He bled. He died. But it was in his rising on the third day. And because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Your mind might preach tonight. Because he lives, all of our fears are gone. So if they really had a monopoly on God, then they would have understood it was all in the plan. And I've come to tell you tonight, everything you've been forced to experience, Yeah! 
seen the best of me. Y'all ain't, I don't think y'all believe it. Sometimes you ain't seen the best of me until you've seen the rest of me. Yeah, I know you thought, I know you thought the devil had the best of you. But let me tell you something, this fighting over, I can remember growing up and we used to watch Batman and Robin. Not the new one, but the old one. Not the one with all this digital color in it, but the old one. And after every episode, it never failed. Batman would always be getting beat up. It always ended the same. And at the end of every, every episode, it would say, to be continued. Many of you are here tonight, the enemy has beat you up. He's gotten the best of you. He left you in a place of discouragement. Sometimes you sit in church, you be like, oh, why am I even here? Seems like the more I do, the more I come, the more things stay, the more things stay the same. But God told me to tell you there's another side of you that you can't see. What's the other side? I heard him say, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The word of God declares, in these earthen vessels, there are treasures. 
And you've got to understand that God has put a treasure in you. You don't invest treasure in something that you don't have any expectation of. You don't lay up your treasure in a ship that's going to sink. Y'all don't want to hear me. But when you lay up your treasure, you lay up your treasure into something that you have confidence in. And I want you to know tonight, God's got confidence in you. Lift your hands. You can make it. You can make it. There's so many people going through. You know, I'm trying to get back to my series. I was doing a series about the next dimension. And God said, you got to encourage the people. Because the people are hurting. Yeah. We can, we can shift. But I've got to heal first. I've got to. Got to men first. Because what happens is, when you shift hurting people, it just becomes a cycle. You have hurt people hurting people. But God says from the foundation, I'm going to heal so that when I raise you up, you won't be a hurt people, but you'll be a healed people who are anointed to help hurting people. And so tonight God told me to tell you That there's more to you than what even you can see. Because sometimes we even count ourselves out. I ain't got what it takes, but you got what it takes. I preached that the other Sunday. And the Lord told me to take it and write it in book form. That's my first book. You got what it takes. I've been writing, I've been at work writing, and in my spare time just writing. I don't know what I'm doing. I ain't never wrote a book before, but I'm just writing. Because God told me to tell the people they've got what it takes. I said, God, I never wrote a book before. Well, excuse my common vernacular. He said, but you got what it takes. God told me to tell you that you got what it takes to lay a hold to every promise of God for your life. Don't you allow the enemy to trick you up and to make you, cause you miss your blessing. This is the hour of your deliverance. This is the hour of your breakthrough. Lift your hands, everybody. Struggle is over for you. Struggle is over. Struggle is over for you. The struggle is over. The struggle is over for you. The struggle is over. Struggle is over. The struggle, come on. The struggle is over. Oh, the struggle is over for you. The struggle is.
Come on, y'all. The struggle is over for you. The struggle is over. The struggle. 